West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views, as forecast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 22nd of February 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Liam O'Mahony and Pius Horgan, as this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening, listeners. It is Wednesday evening once again, and a little change in the weather indeed. I think there's a little bit of hailstone in Abbey Field this evening. And the weather has changed slightly. Hopefully, it will come around. We were spiled all along. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio station broadcasting from Newcastle West. My name is Pat O'Donovan on County Views this Wednesday night. And I'm joined by Pius Horgan from Abbey Field. Pius, you're very welcome. Thank you. Liam O'Mahony from Newcastle West. Thank you, Pat. We had a long journey. And Tom Ryan is in transit as usual, so we can't welcome him for a few moments. And, of course, uh, folks, to give you the number, this program is live, so we're awaiting your phone calls, or your messages, whatever, to give us something to be talking about. If you would please ring 0696600, text or ring 0871669800. That is 087-166-9800. We are live from now until 11 o'clock. Or if you want to come in on my own phone, it is 087-99-77340. So get on the buzzer there, folks, and we are waiting for your messages. In the meantime, I suppose we'll start with the Social Democrats, the two giant leaders, Catherine Martin and Roisin Chantal made a surprise announcement this evening they're stepping down and they're hoping to have a new leader or leaders indeed in place in about two weeks time Pius what do you think of that? Well I suppose the two old ladies Catherine Murphy and uh, was one she was an able dealer she was a she is a TD in Kildare and Roisin Shortall was ex-Labour I think she did a shootout with, with um, what was his name again I'll think of it in a minute in the Labour Party, she was a junior minister once upon a time. Two, two able dealers, two good politicians, and I suppose they're both maybe in their late 60s, early 70s. The political game hasn't late gotten any easier. Late 60s, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Them, yeah. The, the political game hasn't gotten any easier because people <coughs> are talking about the way they're being harassed and that the way that people are protesting outside TDs and ministers' houses and all that. So I would I would say that two, both of them were able dealers. They were good politicians. I suppose they thought they'd have Stephen Donnelly forever, but he decided to jump ship then to Fianna Fáil and go to greener pastures. And um, I think he was the, the golden boy that they had in mind to be leader of the Social Democrats down the road. Uh, who they'll elect, I don't know. Uh, there aren't too many high-profile TDs in their camp, but uh, or will they get swallowed up and join the Labour Party again? As you said, they, they, they thought he would be their man for the future. The two of them, I understand, founded the, the Social Democrats, those two ladies. 
They did, yeah. They, they, they did. They were kind of... I don't think Catherine, Ma- or Catherine Murphy was ever a, a member of any political party, but Roisin Chartel was. was they yeah. were the Labour Party, but they were, they were two good politicians. Still are. Liam, you'd be familiar with the political people a bit. Yes, but uh, um, I'd agree with uh, Pius that, you know, there seemed to be two calm ladies anyway. They weren't renting and roaring and shouting like some of the other independents and things and other parties in the doll, you know. I'm thinking of Bide Barrett when I'm saying that because Sorry? I mean, I'm thinking of Richard Bide Barrett who comes out so intense when he's at press conference and so on and you swear he's going to get a weakness or something about it. But they were sensible ladies kind of in speaking anyway and I suppose we wish them well like in the their retiring years and I'm sure they'll have a nice little pension as well from the, the Rochtus. Tom... How are you? Yeah, well, I was surprised, actually, Pat, to be honest about it, to hear that they're two very competent ladies, tremendous politicians, in my opinion, I mean, particularly Roche and Shotton, her, her, her knowledge of the, of the actual medical and the hospital situations and the HSE and the health area is second to none. She actually resigned in protest, like she, she got regarded really when she was a junior minister. And uh, they are two very competent. I'd nearly say that it's my, my own opinion would be that it's internal within the party itself as well. Because uh, it's, it's, it's a difficult time for the parties like the Democrats. You know, it's, it's actually a tough time for smaller parties. It's also like, uh, you know, a difficult job now is turning out to be, as Pius has rightly said there, that the harassment that, that women are getting within the political system. We saw we saw big resignation last week. The Scottish leader left and we have the New Zealand president, leader of the parliament of New Zealand, both competent ladies of the highest quality and calibre uh, resigning as well. And, uh, you know, whereas there's an awful, actually, debate about gender balance and that at the moment in politics in particular, but, like, you can see that it's, it's, a, near, it's a rough area. And politics in Ireland is very rough, and it's gone, it's gone taking a strange twist at the moment, but they'll be missed now as decent, top-rate politicians. I, I, I would sincerely hope that they won't resign from from public life altogether because they have a lot, an awful lot to, uh, to offer. Pais, is there not a, a question being raised in some quarters that when the going gets tough, we say we have Putin and you have the president in, in, in Ukraine and the Englishman, a lot, a lot of them are under severe pressure, mm-hmm. but that when the pressure really hit home, the Scottish lady, when she she didn't, she, she seemed to run into difficulty with some of her decisions that she was trying to push through. And the New Zealand lady, that, that they just cracked under the pressure. Well, you see, Nicola Sturgeon was, was um, trying to get independence from the United Kingdom, so she was getting it so far and getting it so far, but couldn't get it over the line. That was one item she yeah. got stuck in, yeah. Yeah. And I think it kind of broke her because she she got to the stage where she thought this was going to be her her um, her, her biggest achievement within the political political system in in Scotland. So she I think when she didn't achieve that, I think she lost heart. She was looking for under 16s then a special regulation law for those, which yeah. split her own party literally and yeah. the English government. 
said no way. Yeah, and and then the rejected the New Zealand one. Can't think of her name. But she got under pressure as well, and she was Australian, wasn't it? New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand yeah. yeah. So yeah. she got under pressure as well then, and she just yeah. felt that she hadn't yeah. the, the bottle for it anymore. Yeah. But if you take the two ladies here and take, we'll say, other women in politics, it's a difficult time for them. Um, like, like, take the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee. She was the first minister uh, to ever take maternity leave. So she's off on maternity leave for the second time. It wouldn't be heard of ten years ago. Yeah, but the two ladies that we spoke about at the outset, Catherine Murphy and Rosie Shutter, they seem to be two very solid, steady They were, but they're born from it. Sorry? Like, they're born from it. If you, if you take Kat, uh, Roisin Shartal, she was a, a minister with him in Gilmore. Yes, and like, her, her natural home was to stay in the Labour Party, she, as, as Tom says. She was on top of the game when it came to health and all that that area but she could make no progress with him and then she set up a party of her own which, with um, Catherine Murphy and they have whatever have they 10 TDs? 9 I think 9 is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. and like yes, nine, yeah. that's just a hard slog like there was a total of 6 TDs I believe it's a 6, six. Yeah, so it's a hard slog we'll say for them for her coming from that the Labour background and having the the, the support of, of the Labour Party but just I think she felt she got shafted Jacinda Ardern Arden, yeah, the one. New Zealand lady, yeah. Yeah. Somebody tells us there. Yeah. Yeah. But so t- t- it's a tough time for women in politics. It's a tough time for men in politics at the moment with what's happening. How many no. of the lads aren't running it all the next time? Correct, yeah. yeah. We have a, but at the same time now, they the want equal status and balanced genders and all kinds of things there. And each party have to have so many females or women or whatever they're called nowadays. They have, you have to have so many of those in. And yet we've had a situation in Gort, in Galway, where there was some dry cow droppings thrown at a male TD and a female TD. And the female TD says she's not doing any more public outings, that she's afraid about herself, whereas the males are still going forward. And now we have the females having a special meeting today about being concerned about their safety. So you're looking for gender balance and all things being equal across the board. And is there not a bit of a hiccup coming into this? Well, I suppose they know what they're going into, basically. I mean, and I suppose you can go back to Maggie Thatcher when she was quite formidable. She so wasn't going to run away from some cow and was no, she? No, but, but I mean, so obviously you don't want to see women being abused by ignoramuses like that. No, we said it was above and that was in Gort, wasn't it? Yeah. In Gort, I think. Yes, the other man brought in yeah, the, yeah. the bit of dried, dried. Um, uh, cow dung or whatever it was he brought in but actually I was just thinking there when Pius mentioned Helen McEntee mm. and I mean Simon Harris is now holding that brief at presence of justice and he was very vocal there last week about drugs and the middle classes and so on that you know the country's in a terrible state but he was acting as if we were all people in the dark that we didn't know about all this uh, you know that the middle classes are taking drugs. The the lower classes, if you want to call them that way, the ones that are bringing the drug deal, the dealing along and so on. I mean, some of them have terrible issues themselves, and they're you know they're being picked off by their bosses and so on, and they're being killed off and things like that. And nobody kind of cares about them. But the middle class, why are they not being properly brought to count? 
Why are they not given the criminal records? You know, they say, like, oh, yeah, this your student now might want to go to the United States and we'll give him the Probation Act. I mean, drugs are very serious and we're doing very, very lenient uh, regulations on them, really. You know, in my view, like, if it's the rich kid... I'd have little pity for them. I might have more pity for the, the person from the broken families and so on. I was half listening. And, uh, but I mean, Simon Harris co- comes along and it's kind of, it's, it's good that he's saying it, but you would pretend like that you know, they just kind of woke up and have seen it now. I and I, and I, I blame the judiciary and I suppose the Gardaí as well, maybe for not bringing prosecutions and cases. I was half hearing an interview this evening. Tom might have heard that he listens quite a bit close but I heard some number of politicians being interviewed about drug taking in the past. Mm-hmm. And one particular female said that she had taken some drugs in the past, cannabis or some, some one of them anyway. So, and she said, I, I just didn't take to it. That part I got. I thought it was a, a strange statement to make. In, in other words, if she did take it, should be still on it. Huh? Yeah, well, of course, I mean, the, the drug situation, and Liam has definitely highlighted it in the programme now, and also, like, the comments about it last week by the Justice Minister, like, were very strong, uh, the strongest, I suppose, we've heard from from the doctors and people of his standing and his his stature. You know, it's, well, you think, as Liam has rightly said, you think that uh, this only happened last week. And it's like all the actual developments in drugs, let it be, let it be coke or hash or anything you like or heroin or alcohol. There's no one talking about alcohol. Like this, that's not considered a drug at all because it is legal. And, uh, you, you know, the damage has been done. But when we talk about the actual, about the, the, the main subject that, you, that we started on, on the on the female politicians and male politicians, we live in a, we're living in a very in a very very in very funny times. You know, I, I don't mean funny funny now. I mean serious <coughs> times of of unbelievable activity outside the bounds of, of politics with left wingers and right wingers and you know extremists of. of I mean, the country is reasonably well off. I mean, where people are, we are the, the, the governments that we have are, are, in other words, probably doing their best now. The, 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 the history isn't great. And the, the, the build up to where we are now is the cause of, of our situation. But, like, it's very challenging now. And authority and society. Like authority is being questioned and being challenged from the wrong sources, and you know, last week we had a big deal about the citizens' assembly for to de- for to decide on what Liam is talking about, legalising of drugs and things. When our citizens' assembly is elected in Linster House, and you know, we should have the that's where where our debate and that's where our laws and our our sh- should be focused, not on. On, on toothless operations as, and like the citizens' assemblies. 
You're tuned to West Lemmick 102 FM broadcasting from Newcastle West, your local community radio station. And the panel tonight is Pius Horgan, Liam O'Mahony, Tom Wright. My name is Pat O'Donovan. This program is going out live until 11 o'clock on this Wednesday evening. Repeat it tomorrow morning at half past 11 to 1. If you want to text in, call in. WhatsApp, any kind of a messaging at all on 0696600. Jason Smith will take your messages or 0871669800. Or you may call my own phone there. I see it clicking. Uh, clicking message. My own phone is 0879777340. And the 50 50 draw because we had a board meeting here this evening and money is an important aspect in keeping the station alive with ESB bills gone three times up on what they used to be so things are not easy so you can buy your tickets for can we very much appreciate the tickets that you do buy and you can buy them at Hogan's shop in Glen, Tommy Wallace's shop in Glen, Meany's Central Drum Colour, Maloney's Quick Pick in Broadford, Maloney's in Carrie Kerry, the Home Store Tournefulla, Cockland's Castle Mahan, Fiona Castle Mahan GA Club, Craney's Butcher Shop, Main Street Arda. It is rarely you find uh, an independent butcher nowadays, but there's still one in Main Street in Arda in Craney's. Casing Spar Shop in Rahina, Billy Horrigan Shop in Main Street. Radkeel there on the corner and in Abbey Feed from St Vincent's in Main Street the Coffee Pot Main Street and the Un Shop and Milchon in Main Street in Abbey Field and in Newcastle West you can buy them here at the studios Sheehan's Road Best Value Shop in Bishop Street Star Rescue Charity Shop in Maiden Street Fringe Hair and Beauty Special Occasions Hair Creations Normous Hair Salon Sheehan Stores St Mary's Road Laura's Top Styles Bridge Street, Hayes' News Agency Square, Corner, Delhi, Oak Park, and O'Connor Landis in Churchtown, and Pat O'Donovan's offices in North Quay. So we appreciate your support, folks, and as they say, the more the sin, the more you win. And go back to this message here that we get like a second ago. Um, that doesn't look like the one. Now push that. That's not coming in there. Now, what does the panel think of the write-down of by AIB of nine and a half million for a prominent sportsman regards James Holmes? I had here my list, and I had DJ Carey down for that. He was he was definitely a prominent sportsman, and he had a write-down of nine and a half million. He had a write-down from nine and a half million to sixty thousand, and I'll throw to the panel. Pies, teacher <laughs> Carey, nine and a half million, sure. and he paid him back sixty thousand. It is stated. If he owed probably three hundred and fifty thousand, um, he probably would have his loan sold onto a vulture fund, and he would have got numerous phone calls, and he would be threatened that his property would be sold if he couldn't pay his repayments to some of these vulture funds. But the old saying, I suppose, if you're borrowing, borrow big. And so what were they going to do with him? If you owed nine and a half million, where were they going to get it? So they, they wrote it down. But if you owed 300,000, it wouldn't be written down. You'd have to pay that, no matter how you come up with it. AAB sold off their loan book that wasn't performing to so many different vulture funds or whatever. But to scandalous, I suppose, is the other way of looking at it. Then that you have the sports personality who loses the run of himself, as did his sister. And they're running debts of millions, and they go often borrowing money off of people to get 
cancer uh, treatment for cancer and everything under the sun and all you could describe him as absolutely collapsed. It's very, it's very disappointing, Patch, and it's disgraceful, really, to think you know people, that so many youngsters now would have been looking up to in over the years, and uh, obviously, then the, the the banks or the lending institutions obviously didn't check and see how much they had to back it up or whatever kind of uh, you know families or whatever to give money if they were looking for loans, but. The other day I was looking for a statement from AIB for one of my uh, a bank statement that I think I didn't get and they arranged to send me one anyway but they kindly said then we won't be charging you 30 cent or something like that uh, because there's only one page in it but if there was three pages or something, that there might be. And I was saying to myself, actually, about it, that maybe I never got the letter. Maybe they sent it astray or something like that. But automatically assuming that you got your um, account details, was there, and that you were now looking for the, you lost them, and right. that you have to pay them maybe the price of a stamp. And I said to myself, like, what kind of nonsense is that as well? You know, if you're dealing with customers like that, that you don't be, they be, so be charge you for a stamp, and they can give DJ and company then a complete wiping of the slate. Ridiculous. I think, Patty, it's, it is a, a financial scandal of the worst type, and it has to be investigated. I mean, fully by the first of all by the authorities, number one, and by the banking authorities because this. This happened like, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He wasn't the only person that, that got, the, got the golden glove or the, the velvet glove treatment from the banks. Whereas on the other side of the equation, as Pius has said, they black-hearted and crucified people of all people that, that were in a bad, that found themselves in a bad situation due to the, the financial collapse and the economy and jobs, job losses and mortgages and everything. I mean, the, the treatment that people got, some people committed suicide over them, houses sold over their heads, the, the mortgage rates, but I wouldn't be terribly familiar with the different different type of, of rates, but like we see, we see fines being issued against them for millions. The carry-on of our banking um, business industry, we call it, over the past 40 years in this country is absolutely, is that is criminal. You could, couldn't describe anything else. This should be, this, this in, in particular case now has going on since nearly over five or six years now. And uh, a, a bank that was, we are told, owned by the people, if you don't mind, you know, and that people had a lot of say in what happened in the bank. When you look at this, I think myself that it should be a, that an international uh, jury, an international team should be assembled to look at this particular case number one and relevant cases as well, because it's not an isolated case. And the people responsible for this should be called to account the more about it. There should be a dull debate on it, number one, and I don't care who he is. It doesn't <coughs> matter what, let him be sporting or let him be business or let him be whatever he is. I mean, the, the carry-on of, the, of our banking and our man, banking management and the boards of the banks 
and we've discussed it here on numerous occasions and people and I have a lot of business done with banks and I'll tell you and I tell anybody they're they were no they're no shakedown they they have put people to the ringer of the worst with the worst type of behaviour ringing them in the middle of the night <coughs> threatening them and people that were in a bad state and here we are this I mean this this has to be investigated it can't be let drift into kind of an, an inquiry it has to be immediately investigated by the top level in the Department of Finance now, Tom Ryan has a habit of saying what I was going to say. I think we, we, we are very much in the same vein on many things, but he did refer to the, to the we own the banks and all that old nonsense he has been going around with. But one of the many things that I would have seen that said that so many people were thrown out of their houses for very small amounts of money, they lost their homes. But I heard the politicians, politicians again, our friends, the politicians, are looking for to bring the, the the bank in before them to explain the situation, and it comes as a surprise. But the surprise to me was that we're supposed to own the banks. This deal was uh, happened back in 2011. It was the deal was completed uh, right down in 2017, which is now six years ago, five years ago. And the politicians didn't say, know anything about it. Now they will tell you that the bank is the bank in itself. But if we own the banks and if the politicians have the, 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 the big amount of shares, would they not be hands-on? Like a board here that you're supposed to know what's going on all around you. But that they can write off that amount of money. Now, I was never much good at sco in school, so I'd be lastly, my man would be smart in that area now. And pies are drawn about Tom, Tom would be more into cows. But the two buyers would be into high finance. That, that when you get up to nine and a half million to go fathom it out, did, did, did the money ever exist? And what about my question about the politicians? Yeah. Did they know anything about it, what was going on? Yeah, the, the, the first question I'd have is what did he buy with it? Sorry? What did, what, what did he buy? He bought houses in uh, in the K Club and in that big club in Kilkenny, the golf club in Kilkenny. Yeah. That skips my mind now. Yeah, that's what he bought. That's what he did. He invested in, in, in property. In high, 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 high trophy high, houses. In, yes, in, trophy in, houses. In the K Club and uh, in the, the, the high. The, the one in Kilkenny. The big one in Kilkenny that you could have. Julian's. Yeah, Mount Julian. Mount Julian. Mount Julian. Yes. That's, and he was, he was, you see, he's a stretch golfer. Okay. So he had been rubbing shoulders with the with the hobnobs yeah. in the country, like, and you see, he he has been been the sporting personality that he was, and like he'd have a status with him, and you know, and driving the biggest car you could get, you see, and, and all the and he he had a business as well, you see, and of course he was he was nice man to go out with and he was a pleasant individual and if you wanted a partner for your for your golf tournament or if you wanted he was the, the man he was the first man to call because mm -hmm. he was he was a top golfer he was a great golfer mm -hmm. the at the time was talking about him being the professional in Mount Juliet you know mm -hmm. and then he was buying up the you know, buying up the property but if Tom Ryan bought up the property he wouldn't he, he wouldn't he would first of all he wouldn't get it he wouldn't get it yeah. he, now he, folks it's up to 10 o'clock we've got to go to that break and we'll be back to you shortly County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors. 
tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 22nd of February 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Liam O'Mahony and Pius Horgan, as this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 1 or 2 FM, your local community radio station broadcasting from the Castle West. My name is Pat O'Donovan. This program is live until 11 o'clock. If you want to text in or call in 0696600 or 0871669800. So we were talking there about the Jokeri getting 9.5 million and giving back 60,000 for the pleasure of having the 9.5 million received previously. So I thought that uh, this song might be kind of appropriate enough. We look at summonses there in court cases and we see kind of strange kind of sentences for the events as well. And I suppose we'll go with this one. might be a little bit of fun to people anyway in those serious times. And it is Binny Hill, What a World. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that song on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. That was the very funny, funny man, Benny Hill. And of course, another wonderful man you could look up on your laptops or various gadgets nowadays is Dick Emery, who had some very, very funny sketches and would entertain you if you're feeling a little bit down. You can't beat comedy, folks. I know many people have given up watching and listening to the news items of these days, and they just turn on music or comedy to that effect. Uh, DJ Carey, anyhow, he was one lucky man, it would seem. And it is sad to think that people, as I said at the outset, were thrown out of their houses for very small amounts of money while that situation was going on. So hopefully it might be investigated, but it just goes on and goes on and goes on. Also, folks, anyone out there who would like to take part in this program, as we've said many nights in the past, please contact us and we would love you to be here with us indeed. And also, we have our 50-50 draws I referred to earlier. And now we have a text message here from somebody. Ask the panel, what do they think of Sinn Féin's intention to hold a separate commemorative event for Bally CD Massacre? Was that eight people were murdered there and one survived? Pius? I wouldn't agree with it. I'll tell you why. Um, if you look back, we'll say to the that time of civil wars, etc., etc., 1922 and 1916 and all that went on. There was a split in the camp. People were pro-treaty, people were anti-treaty. Um, 
horrible things were done by people on all sides. And I don't think that, like, Belly Seedy was horrific. Seven out of, was it eight were killed? By, and that was a boot. Eight or nine. Eight or nine down. I think. Hands were tied behind their back. Was it Fuller was the man that got away? Yeah, he was blown yeah, clear, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, what's it going to achieve? Like, what you need in that situation is to, I think, to accept that was wrong on all sides. It was a civil war. There's no winners in a civil war. And to be holding a special uh, commemoration then for that, should uh, the next place should be would be equally special and they'd all be special. But for there them, is so. a commemoration. There is Sinn Féin holding one at one o'clock on the sixth of March, and um, the family uh, and the committee over the Bally City Monument are having a commemoration at three o'clock there on the go. same day. Yeah, you see, there was an article in the Examiner today, actually, about that, you know, yeah, and um, yeah. I suppose we have to think of Stephen Fuller, like, he was the man that survived yeah. that brutality, like, it was murder, you know, nothing else for it, it was a disgrace yeah, yeah. for the free state, mm. like, and I mean, that was all covered up then, we say, afterwards, and it would be totally, I suppose, only for he surviving it, they'd have... They'd never know. They'd never know, yeah. but he never held a grievance about it afterwards and apparently, the, the, you know, what I was reading today is that he said, look, this is something that you will remember. All sides, like the ones that did it and perpetrated it, like, obviously, guilt probably came to them maybe later in life or something like that. And he didn't want this kind of, uh, even though he was a Fianna Fáil TD, like, he didn't want a Fianna Fáil group to be there or anything like that. And I think way back then again, there were, I won't say no it was Sinn Féin but that there was some other party we'll say having we say ceremonies there and they were leaving him out of it they weren't mentioning his name at all because he because of his that uh, because of his stance to be kind of to forget Tom he was blown clear on the day and he later became a Fianna Fáil TD and his son who is still alive feels that um, it is not right for Sinn Féin to be holding that commemoration at one o'clock on the 6th of March whereas he and his family and the uh, organising committee responsible for the monument in Belly City as you go into Trilly there on the right hand side Well Pat, I would be ignorant myself, unfortunately like it didn't like me to of the of a lot of the events that happened uh, during the Civil War and uh, I mean this was naked savagery it was it, it, of the worst type like that what happened carried out mainly by the Free State uh, because they had the prisoners they had the actual they, they took them out, they were the they were the group that were running the country for Britain still even though we had our independence supposed to be like, but they were, they were, they were, they were supplied with arms and and ammunition and everything wanted by the British who who were who wanted the the Republican side or the the anti the anti treaty side wiped out. Uh, as Price said in him, you know, civil war is a, is a tragedy, it's a shocking event, and uh, our history is has to be blighted by it. But the actual, this type of activity to be commemorated is what I'm totally against uh, by any group. 
you know, because it was a, it is an indictment, and they were actually war crimes. We're talking about war crimes now, and trying people in the Hague. These were they were nearly worse than war crimes, if you could. That's my opinion about about it. What happened in both in in that what they did to prisoners of war, because uh, the civil war, they were prisoners. They, they were prisoners, and the, the way they were uh, savagely. I mean treated and this was shocking I, I was actually I followed that series on the TV recently carried out very very well very informative and to tell you, it upset me very much to see that Irish people, Irish men and women would carry out such atrocities against one another Are you suggesting that they should not be marked at all is it? I am yes I am, I'm Nobody should be there Well you see we tend to actually for to celebrate these um, well, these well, you can you, you can have a di- different view on that too. You know, but let's be. I mean, commem- what are we commemorating? An act of naked barbarism. But I'm saying to remember the event. Yeah, yeah well, remember what what advantage is that to remember? There's no advantage in my book of of remembering. I mean, uh, barbarity of that of, of that nature. You know. And I'm not saying that it has to be completely forgotten about, but by commemorating it, like, and by making a political issue of it now, like, like, like Sinn Féinar, going it alone, I mean, is t- t- to me wrong. But it's quite common, though, pious, that <coughs> now I go to the Kevin Barry one in, in Ratville in Carlow there for many years back now, and we would, they would have... Uh, the family and the local committee at one hour of the day and other political parties would have come marching through and speakers at different times of the day. So the, the event is remembered and different people have different um, interests in how it should be remembered or, or what benefit it is, whether, as Tom says, what we're remembering. Uh, is it being used? Is that event that happened on that day uh, hundred years ago is it they're remembering the dead there are they, or is it more for promotion of their own cause today? Yeah, there's an agenda an agenda is there's right an, yeah. there's an agenda there that because you know, <coughs> there are several of these places around Ireland where one person like the Gorty back where I came from in Kilmorna and there's a monument there and like that monument was whitewashed and it was tended to the little area, the little circle going in the gate into yeah. the farmyard was always looked after. Yeah. And then some crowd came out and broke the, the, the cross that was there. And then the cross was repaired and then you had a big crowd of Republicans coming there singing and dancing and playing music and giving orations there on, on a certain Sunday. That has died away. So the thing about this, the belly seedy one, there's no point in promoting having an agenda there just to incite hatred again and whip up a storm and, and then just getting people all worked up. And there will be hassle out of this. There's no doubt in the world about that. Because I know the people involved with say, I know the fullers. And uh, I went to school with their offsprings in the stall. But they wouldn't want to be talking about that. Yeah, But yet they are having a, a remembrance gathering yeah. at that spot at three o'clock on the day. Yeah, yeah. There's no more than any of us visiting our family grave. Yeah. Liam? Oh, no, I think it should always be remembered. You know, you can't airbrush them out and put them away. But um, mm-hmm. just to remind people about how vicious we can be to each other. That's the way it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. And how, 
you're seeing people who would say probably in ordinary life would be ordinary people and suddenly they yeah. become uh, savages in a way. And so I, but but I, I don't agree with, we'll say, each party coming along and having their own agenda. But it should be like to uh, remember what happened. Like not to, you not to forget it. I mean, there's no for history probably been forgotten. You see over the years and things. But I think you have to you have to keep history. Like and families have to remember. And there's no um, like you won't be blaming the generations of today like for it. But you're just pointing out again that like I mean, humans can be so nasty, and people that would be normally would say in life decent people can actually become so cruel and so vicious mm. and I mean what was done in Ballyseed like was absolutely I suppose the worst thing that ever happened to take out people and tie them up and blow them up but I, am, I am a believer anyhow that all the people who died from 1916 or indeed anywhere back along the line who as they would say fought and died for Ireland they were the times that were in it and I think they sh we should remember those people who gave yeah. their lives for Ireland, just like the people in Ukraine today are giving their lives for Ukraine, because there is the enemy, and we had it in Ireland. And I'm not saying who was wrong or who is right, but I think those events should be remembered in in a proper yeah. manner, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, but no but not can, to be taken yeah. over by any political party. Nobody can deny, Pat, like, uh, and we've all, this program in particular, have, we have mentioned it and spoken about it on several occasions, the people that did die, I mean, and that did suffer and they were ordinary people I mean, 98% of them were ordinary people, were all individuals who went to... With nothing to gain personally. nothing to gain, only hardship and debt and trauma in their families for years and years afterwards and the way, the way the, the, in my book and in my thinking about this and I've been I'm around a long time and I have an interest in politics since I was very young about 10 or 12 years of age I was I was actively like interested in reading reading up in politics and I believe that that what the way we can remember people is the way we should be treating our people today and and that applies to me down the years you know when we look at at our at our orphanages and our workhouses and our bustles and our laundries. I mean, there's an awful lot that we could have done in this country to honour the people that fought to give us our independence and give us our democracy. Now we'll go to Ned Brex, folks, and we'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314-948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors TOD.ie You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 22nd of February 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Liam O'Mahony and Pius Horgan as this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD. 
www.ie.ie Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102, broadcasting from Newcastle West, your local community radio station. My name is Pat O'Donovan. On the panel tonight is Pius Horgan, Liam O'Mahony and Tom Ryan. And did you want a quick comment there, Liam? I thought I was leaving that before. Did, yes. before, uh, before, said, before. Did, no? Yeah, during the Civil War, coming towards the end of it, like there was a, a Chuck the Doll at the Doll assassinated by the Republicans. And the Free State Government took out four prisoners of war, one from each of the four provinces of Ireland, and executed them the following day, we'll say, basically. And OK, the IRA didn't make any more attacks on TDs then. But we said that was brutal enough, but at least we say there was a symbol of judicial, we say, uh, being done to it, but... What was done in Ballyacidi was absolutely right. vicious because they were going to pretend that these people were blown up in an accident and they weren't even going to admit that they were well, actually... I suppose like, even named to this day, a lot of what you hear from different places, from different, different, different your propaganda you're getting, we don't always hear the truth. No, in they, wars they, or from politicians or leaders yeah, of countries Yeah, but the today. facts are because Stephen Fuller survived. Yeah. That's how it became. I, 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 but I, I mean, I, for, for a state then to do yeah, that. And I mean, yeah. you also had the free state uh, people down in South Kerry, I think, abusing ladies and things like that. And there was an article in that there. A, few a lot of things happened, folks. A lot of things happened. Yep. Now, Pat, can the panel throw any light on what's happening with the Northern Ireland Protocol regards James Holmes? Tay. Liam, protocol goes on and on and on. Give me, uh, I, I can't say much about it at present. No, just in, I, indeed, none of us can because I, I think, and we'll, we'll pass it, James Holmes and the TFU. As you know, the, 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 there's green and there's red buses and green buses coming through, and they were trying to put one into one lane, check the other lane, and then they have the northern, uh, northern unions to keep happy as well. well Pat, so yeah, the jury is out. I, on I it. think we have we can we can we can discuss it a bit because Pat, the actual it's uh, according to all the all the leaders and the politicians last Friday or last Thursday it was fixed and they had it's not Mr. fixed. Well, well, this I'm trying. I'm going back a little bit to last week. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had um, Michael Martin, and he was in full floor. So was um, they were all on their bikes. So was Richard Shunnock in England, or whatever you call him. He was over in Belfast, and uh, we had um, we had Leo, and we had the, 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 there were good vibes coming out of the EU. But Mr. Jeffrey Donaldson, he put he, he put the kibosh in the whole thing again. With his seven, with his seven different uh, points that he wanted made, and he has jeop- and he has jeopardized the whole thing. I think this this now is not going to be uh, as it, they're talking about changing the legislation and changing laws going through Westminster and all that kind of stuff. But I think we mentioned here the first time when this raised its head the first day. This is all about the DUP not accepting their position. And not being, not accepting keeping them out, yeah. Sinn Féin as the, as the, the Michelle O'Neill as leader of the house. It's simple as that. And they're being supported now by the, by the hardliners in the, in the Tories. And now Mr. Johnson is back in the scene again with his that that made a real message from what go. 
So, like, this is very serious. <coughs> and I think myself that they're going to, that, that the, the overall situation is on the wrong line. The line, I believe, that we said in this program here, that the real reason that this is an issue is because they won't submit and, and, and they're hoping now and that after getting their way now with an election in 12 months' time, a re-election. That means they haven't accepted the last election, but the next time they'll be hoping that they'll get back again, that they'll get there on account of their stand for unity with Britain and the other unionist parties bloody mouth, the EUP will get back again in power and then they'll go back into summer don't be any talk about protocols guaranteed because he, they said that there were that their people that this was an issue in their manifesto. It was a very minor issue. The the protocol. But when they last and when they when they saw the actual opening here, they started the whole thing and to and it's also affecting the Good Friday Agreement, which they have no respect for. They didn't support it anyway. Mm-hmm. So this is very serious. Well, as a, a unionist party, they're well organised and know what they're at, and they're fairly effective with their agenda. Now, the next one is, what does the panel think of? That there should be a budget every month. Should we have a budget every month at the rate prices and everything is jumping, and we have a bit of a budget today, there or yesterday, was it with various announcements? I suppose we're living in exceptional times and I wouldn't call them budgets, I'd call them adjustments and I think that so far uh, a lot of it has been done for people with regard to the cost of living and fuel prices, food prices, everything under the sun and I think we're coming to the end of it. They're saying that this is the last uh, month where these supports are going to be given to so many different people and the only thing that I'd be wondering about is where is all the money coming from because I never saw more money available for to do anything whether it is supporting the Ukrainians who are in trouble whether it is you know, um, supporting people on low incomes doubling the children's allowance paying ESB bills if you went back a year ago you wouldn't get you wouldn't get a five hundred children's allowance in the budget and now there's money coming from where? It's coming from everywhere It must be coming from the same banker it's feeding DJ Terry that they're getting loads of money yeah. but um, I know like uh, you know they're doing their best I think to we say cut down the inflation but I suppose at the end of the day it'll all come back to normal eventually although some prices now seem to be gone up that they might never again come down which is the danger you know and every time you go into the supermarket there's an extra something nearly gone up around it but even if it's on the butter or the milk or anything like that that they're going up you know so it's but I think it'll settle eventually I suppose the market will dictate it and I, I suppose with all the uh, different companies between Super Value and the Lidl's and the Aldi's and the Tesco's and everything like that that they'll all probably be still keeping looking for their share so we can probably look to see Reduction Tom, in time. They're all making huge profits, and the oil companies have made profits like was never seen before. And yet, the government didn't seem to put any extra tax or clawback or anything on them. No, you see, there, are, about th- it? there are lobby groups there that are, that are very strong. We saw that in the in the hospitality there as well, where they were able to maintain. The, every, the, the big debate in the last 12 months was the price of hotel rooms and the cost of hotels in the country. They were, they were top of the range in Europe, really. 
and uh, still now they have they have succeeded now in, in maintaining their low rate of VAT, nine percent to nine point five percent, but and that's that's costing around another three or four hundred million. As the price is correct, that you wonder where all the money is coming from, and you wonder about our overall accountancy and management of of our incomes and of our financial whole our whole financial situation, where the dropper hat they can they can produce millions, and with pressure from the from the left wingers and the opposition, the all, which is their job, I suppose, to pressurise the government, they appear to be reacting to that. And if no matter what they, they give, and no matter what area they're covered, it's, they're out straight away, there's not enough, it should be more, and more and more. And you see, these people are to easy cry wolf-like that when you're, when, you're not in, when you're not in the position that you are responsible for anything. But I think myself that it looks like now that, that our financial management overall and our budgeting system is kind of falling apart. Because, I mean, any these, all these areas should be covered in our budget and our foresight should be areas like that that need to be, to be covered, like energy, food and that people are not... Our, have, we know we have to, we have to support uh, like people and definitely like we have to keep family units supported as best we can but what happened always down the years you know I mean why all of a sudden do, do this has to happen like every month and every now in particular I know it, things are changing but uh, increases have been given to on social welfare and I was talking to a, to a man in the middle of the situation lately in the in the city, and I mentioned it here before, and uh, he he'd be very much involved with the corporate face, and he said people are better off now in the door, uh, and they have every facility which is coming up again now, and uh, there are a lot of people working in jobs, be paying paying out through the nose every week tax and everything, you know. So I mean, there there is a contradiction. It's famous squeezed middle they referred to them yes, as. Well, the they have to travel yes, to work. Yes, they're highly well, taxed. Those people have been have been hit very hard. You yep. see, and mm-hmm. they're, they're, nobody appears to be kind of uh, talking about them, you know. They have childcare, which is very, very expensive, depending on two children. They have to travel to work. They're taxed heavily. And they have mortgages, which are going up and up and up and up and up as well. And there's nobody crying halt on that one. The middle, the, those young married couples with two or three children, very high mortgage. They're nailed to the cross. They're nailed, yeah. And Thomas Wright, there's money they're for... They're better off, better off not in social welfare, yeah. not working at all. Yeah. You know? And if you lived in the town and you didn't need a car, you're, you're bang on then, you're a friend of Evan Ryan's. Well, this, this, this man, I, I, take him, I take him very, very uh, serious, like Marie said, because he, he worked for the, in the area of the... Of, of, of the Below and in the poverty line, if you like, and you know, but I mean, there's money being poured <coughs> in there as well. There should be no one hungry in this country, you know. I mean, the, the, the people are, I mean, with the actual social services that are there supporting them, you know, I mean, I don't see no reason why there has to be a big, a big like a budget every month and every don't be nearly every week. And our whole emphasis, our, our, our leadership, and our government and our management appears to be. Like fixated on debt rather than than looking at the overall picture of how these things are developing and what's what you know and the management or the management I suppose of this of our financial 
overall financial situation by Department of Finance and the and the, the, the overall budgeting situation in this country is scandalous. Absolutely, the wastage and the the manipulation of of funds and the and and of figure the manipulation of figures. You know that you can be out by five billion in your estimations. I mean that is criminal in my book. And we have a, comp- a controller and auditor general, and I don't know what his what his function is. I mean, like, how can you miss payment, miss amounts of money like five billion from the from the from company situation? And now they, they're talking about spending debt. You know, well, there's something rightly wrong. Like, yeah, I was asking this to financial experts there earlier on, but I must miss the answer. How can the banks afford, or where do they get all this money? We heard about a nine and a half million, but that's only a fraction of the total write-offs they would have done across the board. How, how did they accumulate such huge amount of money? Billions, obviously, billions with the various write-offs they've given, given there. There must be a slush fund there somewhere. Where did it all come out of? Yeah. I don't know where it came out of. <laughs> and they couldn't tell you themselves. Was it ever there? Possibly, probably wasn't. Like the, uh, I'll be careful yeah, saying the this. IOUs. Yeah, well, there was IOUs, but if you take just take the Quinn business model, yeah, you know, with regard to, to solvency, the same the same money was being used for the health insurance solvency as it was for the insurance solvency, and it was only being switched around from one to the other when there was an audit, and then they got cut, so the money wasn't there to pay the claims. But is there is there a serious a serious um, <coughs> deficiency in our as you mentioned there now rightly, Pius, on our auditing and our accountancy companies. Where are they? They've they've come they've they've really escaped the criticism and examination over the financial banking collapse number one. They are, I think, accredited and probably have to be somewhere covered by law for their for their uh, the work they do. Their auditors for the actual state aren't they mm-hmm. now but they appear to have no kind of consequence to their actions or to their to their failures they can yeah. they can change the name with a different with a different digit and a different a, 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 a different figure and they, off they go again yeah. so what's what that all about what happened out of the bank crash and out of the economic crash in 2008 was a new industry got bought and called compliance so compliance now is the new industry within financial services. So I can't call to see you anymore without having an appointment made and I just can't call in to you when I'm passing. If I don't know, you know, I just can't call in because that's non-compliant. I get reported to the central bank and I get her up in the knuckles. Whereas if I give out three or four hundred thousand or, or a million to a fellow and he couldn't pay it back, there's no complaints with regard to I thought, Pius, that you couldn't call to Tom Ryan to sell him a policy except he contacted you. No, I could call to Tom Ryan if he ran the business. Yeah. If he had a business in the street and it was worth as a two million, I can walk in off the street to him and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but I can't it, call to the house, Tim. But it, I can't call unannounced yeah. anymore. But as a private citizen... I can't call. I have to have an appointment. You're not... No, but I understood you couldn't call full stop. Mm-hmm. He'd have to contact you. No, no, I can contact him, yeah. 
you can make contact yeah, now. I can yes. contact Tom at once to get his number from you. So that changed a bit, yeah. so did it uh, well, that originally. Yeah, but just complaints is the new industry, it's a new business, and it has taken over from all that happened with, uh, within the banking thing about ba- balancing the books and about lending and about all that. It's now compliance. And it's driving many, many people out of business completely, giving it up, leaving it to the to Like few. the auctioneering business now, should it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. regulator. Regulator. Uh, auctioneers, yeah, some yeah. fellas that I know long ago, they just packed yeah, it up. Yeah, I'll give it up, give it up, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's ad time, folks, and we'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 22nd of February 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Liam O'Mahony and Pius Horgan as this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio station, broadcasting from Newcastle West. And the panel tonight is and was and was and is Pius Horgan, Liam O'Mahony, Tom Ryan. My name is Pastor Donovan. And there's a request there for Tom Ryan from Michael Chucky Fitzgerald. Play a request. So I suppose we'll dedicate the one I played earlier on, Benny Hill, What a World. And I'm sure Tom would often say to himself, what a world indeed. Now, Ukraine, we very rarely mentioned Ukraine, believe it or not, not just like the COVID. It was on the news so much that we usually left it to the, the other stations to talk about it. This week, of course, we have Putin with, I think, about two hours of, of a, a speech or a lecture. We had Joe Biden speaking and very sad, very serious and no end in sight and we have a lot of people here out in Arda and in, around all over the place wonderful, lovely people indeed from Ukraine here and it is terrible that their homes and their villages and cities have been leveled, leveled with, and we have a lot of sanctions being put in there by the European Union and uh, we've often said here, are there enough? Are there, because they don't seem to be taking, <coughs> a, uh, taking much of an effect. Ice, Ukraine. Well, will, will it like will it come to an end or what's happening? Because now you have you have the different countries supplying tanks and ammunition and bombs and everything to Ukraine, and then you have I suppose some of those same countries maybe supplying them to Russia. So is there a bit of a racket going on there as well? But for the people that have come here, they have been very well looked after. Um, unfortunately, in some of the tourist places like Killarney, what's happening now is they're saying that you know, people can't get accommodation in Killarney. There's three or 400 beds taken up. 
every night of the week and people are ringing looking for accommodation they can't get it so they're going elsewhere so there's a bit of resentment kicking in because of the fact that our big tourist attraction being Killarney uh, isn't open and available for people from all over but the country there's a large population of uh, of migrants from other countries in Killarney other than they would have they would have yeah, you're correct that, but just, just add them all in together and there's they're not too happy about it but when, when will it end I have no idea Liam uh, Putin, Zelensky and Biden and you well I'm very proud of Biden you know at least he's come forward now anyway he's nailed his colours with the Ukrainians and you know he took a chance even by going there I suppose you know and uh like I was speaking to a person from Moldova the other day, which is another small former Soviet Union Besides country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what she was saying to me is basically, again, that you know, a lot of the, the business people and so on would be part of the cartel dealing with uh, Putin, you see. So the heat, a lot of business people and so on. So some of those countries are probably the same, like in the Ukraine, that there would have been certain elements that would be pro-Russian and so on. And again, you don't know sometimes um, who you're dealing with. But from my experiences anyway with people both from the Ukraine and Moldova, you couldn't meet nicer people and uh, educated and everything like that. And they all want basically freedom and they don't want to be stuck inside in, uh, a relic of the old common era, era like. So, I mean, I think he has to be got rid of basically uh, am I innocent when I say that we're very very lucky to have America we because are, yeah. it does look like that if Putin as the Ukrainians have said there in various programs that if he took Ukraine he'd take Poland he'd take Europe there'd be no stopping to him really yeah no, that no but actually on that, on that very point that you've made like years ago in a bar there was an old friend of mine that's gone now a lot and asked him and this is about 20 or 30 years ago, he says, an awful lot of those university students and all, they're all very, very pro-Russian and so on, you see, and they're yeah. all, everyone is cutting up the United States. But he said, they're all going out there for the summer, he says, getting money, working. There's none of them going over to Moscow. And I mean, it's the point that, I mean, we, we depend a lot, like we say, on the United yeah. States. We know they're not perfect. But the thing is, like, um, no, we'd be lost without them, really. I certainly wouldn't want to see Europe without That's the how it looks anyway to me, Tom. Yeah, well, I mean, time. I doubt it about it, but um, Joe Biden has taken really, he ha he hasn't at all his own way, like with Congress and the Senate at home, and uh, he has been very, very supportive of the war, of the war, of Russia, anti-Russian and against Russia, there and in, in supplying the aid, both military and financial aid, like to the Ukraine. I mean, they, they were very slow in getting off the mark. They really got caught off the boat. You know, we discussed that here, Pat, mm -hmm. before Russia invaded, invaded Ukraine. And, I mean, NATO uh, in particular were really, you know, they were a talking shop. And they're still a bit of a talking shop, really. But at the same time, if they had 
moved at time, he wouldn't have invaded Ukraine. He, I mean, he bluffed them and he cajoled them into his own people into saying that this was a legitimate war. When when he he's a warmonger, and as the lads have rightly said here, that uh, he would have taken other countries as well, and that's what that's what his aim was. But now that that they're training the Ukraine forces, I mean, and supplying them with the modern tanks and modern weaponry. I think that they'll be able to defend themselves and maybe to take back the Donbaskin areas like uh, that are that have been taken over by Russia, you know, and that's what we hope because I mean they have to get great support and credit the the people of the Ukraine. I mean they're a marvelous nation, a marvelous people, and they definitely want to be part of the European Union and and part of Europe, and that is the big problem with with Putin, he, he finds himself cornered in. But the big worry in all this is the Chinese. What way they are, you know, they, they have taken a, a backward step, I think, from supporting Russia openly and supplying them with also with, with arms and that. But when you look at the likes of Iran, that's what, those radicals, I, and I would compare them maybe to the DOP, a lot of them, where they have supported and supplied like um, weaponry to Russia these I mean you know in order to bomb the cities of the Ukraine so I mean it's hopefully this will see this war will end this year and that, that the Ukraine will come out of it with intact that's what maybe we should be anyway Pius I've said it way back a long time ago after being elected he was a comedian the president of Ukraine yeah and the wife an anyway, wasn't he an actor, and a comedian. He was an actor, but he was also a comedian, and and the wife, and they were in drama societies and all that. And if you recall that Biden, he was offered Zelensky a plane to get out when the war started. Mm-hmm. He said he didn't want planes; he wanted ammunition and tanks. But and I did speak to some of the people, the women of Ukraine on it in, on the 6th of January in Nakhvirna and uh, about him that if he was a traditional politician as we know them here mm-hmm. like the family traditions all in the doll etc as we have here he wasn't one of those, he was a complete outsider, he wasn't involved in politics at all when he got elected but if he was one of those official dedicated politician, family politicians, he'd be gone in the plane. Uh, he may or he may not. They did it in other countries. Oh, they did. But, like, he was no Ronald Reagan now. We've said the same for the acting scene or anything like that. And Reagan bluffed him to the to the stars and back, sure. He did, but he, he was high profile in... What he was. In, in, in Ukraine, and he had played a role as the president... In 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 the series that he was featured in prior to being elected. Yeah, he isn't your traditional politician. There's I don't know all about that, but when when this thing comes to an end, one of two things will happen. Will have happened. He'll either be an absolute hero, or he'll be seen as weak and useless. But so far, he's be, he's never been accused of being weak and useless anywhere to date. To date, no. Liam, I will know what he has done to date. Like gives him. A legend, I'd say, for yeah. all time. I mean, I'd, you couldn't call him useless, ever. Like, you know, so... I think he's a very, very brave man, like... And, you know, I suppose he... Um, gave a, the Russians didn't expect that. 
They thought he'd run away or something like that, maybe like some politicians would have done. If we recall, this time last year, this is the anniversary of it, they moved in all their tanks, Tom, if you remember, they were them lined up and watching television, they were expecting to take over Keep tomorrow night. They thought they'd, take, they'd do it in a week. Yeah, yeah. They thought yeah, it to be like yeah, the, yeah. the actual time of the, of the Israelis in the Seven Day War. You know, yeah. that, that's, mm-hmm. that's what they were expecting there. Mm-hmm. But again, he's, he's, he's a magnificent and, and, a, and a great leader. There's no doubt about that. And, of course, he did take over a corrupt country like that was the problem in, mm-hmm. in Ukraine. And that, in actual fact, I, I suppose, divided Ukraine as well. And uh, his, his popularity, like, at the time, you'd wonder, you know, I mean, how where politicians come from or where leaders come from. And his background, like, was far from political. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he has shown that he, of the qualities he has. And it is an awful pity that, that we haven't a lot of more, more people, the more the same in, in our own jurisdiction, you know. Yeah. No, but going back, actually, to the lady I was speaking to yesterday about Moldova, Moldova like, and, yeah. and she, she's saying her worry is that, again, some of the oligarchs that are there, the big business people, like, that they're funding Putin, and it was the same, I presume, in the Ukraine's one, that he'd have that cartel, like, and probably politicians as well. So, you know, they would be looking up to him. They would be looking up to him. Yeah. I, I suppose in all countries you so, have the wealthy pulling the strings, yeah, so we see it or know it. No. Yeah, so Szynki, like, he was not out of that mould at all, like, you know. But mm-hmm. your that's the, big, that's the main problem, like, in this country. People that we don't actually recognise, we don't know who they are. Even these these oligarchs that we have here are calling all the shots. Yeah, you know, and and unfortunately, like I mean, they, and they, they control the banks. You know, I'm yeah. sure it's been well known that I mean, that a small percentage of the of the people control the wealth of the country, and wealth means power, and that's what and that's what unfortunately our politicians haven't ever faced up to. Wouldn't it be nice if we did reach a situation where we had non-political background people, innocent people, so to speak, inside? Northern Ireland, somebody yeah. knows someone that knows someone else. So I yeah. think we kind of, I think we kind of know a lot of them, probably in a sense. But, but there'll be other ones behind the. They would say that they haven't any experience to run anything if correct. they're not yeah. already inside. Exactly. At least that's how they used to the, say it, anyhow. That's the position Patrick to say. The new dependent civil service and the public service, you know, and that's what's happening at the moment. And uh, I don't face this people. Civil servants have too much power. Have too much power, mm-hmm. and they have, mm-hmm. and and really, and the people that give them too much power are, are all the people that we elect. Yep. So it is like and, a lot, and, tale. and a lot of them are just puppets. Puppets, exactly. Yep. But they, you know, unfortunately, like you see, and that, that is the situation, and we have, and we hoped in for the, that things are going to go right. But you're only hoping that. And you, you have it even in local authority, like, like you know, I suppose a lot of the councillors now, they're probably only looking up to the council officials and so on. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad the clock is beating us because before Tom Ryan would be off on that particular one, <laughs> like, and I could be off after him myself because, uh, again, my sincere thanks to you all tonight for listening silently, many of you, and also thanks to us who went to the bother of contacting us. And my thanks to Pius Horgan, Lima Mahoney, Tom Ryan, of course, Jason Smith, the ever-reliable on, on the desk outside. So until next week, folks, take care and wrap up because we're due a little cold spell, but it's not for long. So take care, folks. 
102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 22nd of February 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Liam O'Mahony and Pius Horgan joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. <music> County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limwick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, TOD.ie.